thank you for joining the Bogart Press through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, our study is entitled God's Sovereignty at Work and comes from 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 1 through 4, and 1 Chronicles 1 through 10. During this study, we will recognize the sovereignty of God, which directs the affairs of men and nation in spite of human weakness. You can purchase your copy of this book along with many other study resources on our website, bogardpress.org. So grab your copy of the Summer 2023 Adult Study Guide and your Bible and follow along. The lesson for August 27, 2023 is entitled, Judgment for Saul's Transgressions. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 1 through 6, 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 23 through 27, and 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. The key verse, So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. First Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13. The application, the student will understand that God will judge disobedience. Seeking the context. First Samuel chapter 27, verse 31 are a back and forth narrative between the activities of Saul and David common between them is Israel's war with the Philistines. In chapter 27, David was among the Philistines, fooling the Philistine king and striking down the enemies of Israel. Chapter 28 contains the strange narrative of Saul seeking counsel from a woman with a familiar spirit who supposedly could communicate with the dead. Saul asked her to summon Samuel and seemingly she did. But Samuel's message was not one of encouragement to Saul. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, for tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verse 17. In chapter 29, there is the anxious moment where David and his men were aligned alongside the Philistines to fight against Israel. Whether David meant to fight against Israel or not is unclear, but God would not allow this to happen. David and his men were sent home where, in chapter 30, they found out that the Amalekites had attacked their city. David defeated the Amalekites, another of Israel's enemies, In chapter 31, Saul and Israel were defeated by the Philistines, and Saul and three of his four sons were killed. The back-and-forth narrative is clear. The Lord had forsaken Saul, and he was heading to ruin. The Lord was with David, and he was heading to reign. What are some differences you see in Saul and David? Searching the text. Number one, Saul's death. 1 Samuel chapter 31 verses 1 through 6. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Geboah. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons, and the Philistines slew Jonathan and Amminadab and Melchishua, Saul's sons, 
And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword, and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took his sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died, his three sons and his armor-bearer, and all his men that same day together. Saul was the cause of his own demise. The outcome of this battle with the Philistines would have been completely different if David and his men would have been fighting alongside King Saul. But Saul, in his paranoid, manic jealousy, had chased him away. King Saul and the Israelite army were already at a great disadvantage, and the absence of David and his men only increased the overwhelming odds. But even more devastating was the absence of the Lord. The Lord was no longer with Saul. In fact, he had become Saul's enemy. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 16. No outcome could be expected but sure and swift defeat. There was nothing in the initial pronouncement against King Saul that said he had to die in defeat. The Lord only said that he had lost the kingship. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 13 and 14, chapter 15 and verse 23. But Saul's continual disobedience to the Lord led to his defeat and death. Saul took his own life, which was another sin against God. No one has the right to take his life that God gave him. We might excuse Saul by saying that he would have been brutally killed by the Philistines, but dire circumstances does not change a sin into an excusable act. John wrote, of the sin unto death. If any man sees a brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 16. This speaks of the child of God who has strayed so far away into sin that the Lord takes his life. Some members of the Corinthian church died as a result of abusing the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. I think Saul is an example of one who sinned unto death. He had gone so low that the Lord deemed him unworthy to live, and in judgment took his life so that he could not do any more damage to himself and the nation of Israel. King Saul's death was tragic enough but he was also the cause of the death of three of his sons and thousands of Israeli soldiers. We know Jonathan best of these men, and everything about him was honorable. How sad it is that Jonathan was killed as a result of the Lord's judgment upon his father. When we are disobedient to the Lord, we not only bring great trouble and loss to our own lives, but also adversely affect the lives of those around us. Do you live in obedience or disobedience to the Lord? Number two, David laments. Second Samuel chapter one, verses 23 through 27. 
Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Yea, daughters of Israel weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thy high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? At the beginning of Second Samuel, David was informed of the death of Saul and his three sons, Jonathan being one. David immediately rent his clothes and mourned for the rest of the day for Saul, Jonathan, and all Israelites who died in battle. The Amalekites who informed David lied, claiming that he had killed Saul in mercy. Apparently, he thought such an act would find favor with David, but he totally misread David. Little did he know that Saul's death would break David's heart and that David would execute him for such an act. Lying never pays in the end. David wrote a memorial song, the Song of the Bow, for Saul and Jonathan, which he recorded in the book of Jasher, and here in Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 18 through 27. The beautiful words express how much David loved both Saul and Jonathan. He wrote of the beauty of their lives and that they entered death together, suggesting that they both entered God's paradise when they died. Verse 23. He wrote of how they had fought valiantly for Israel and that their deaths were a great loss to Israel. He mentioned the wealth that King Saul had brought to the daughters of Israel. Verse 24. Even though King Saul had disobeyed God and had done many sinful things, David wanted Israel to remember that he had done some good things for Israel. With tender, compassionate words, David expressed the great love that he and Jonathan shared. David said that Jonathan loved him with a love as strong as a woman's love. Verse 26. As women are well known for their ability to love, so Jonathan loved David. It is an insult to suggest anything immoral in Jonathan's love for David and David's love for Jonathan. Their love was one of deep friendship, a brotherhood. They were knit at the soul, 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1. Only one who has such a friend can empathize with David's hurt caused by Jonathan's death. It is easy to understand why David mourned for his friend Jonathan. But why would David mourn for King Saul, who gave him so much trouble? We only have to remember 1 Samuel chapters 18 through 27, 10 chapters in 10 years in which David fled Saul's wrath to wonder why. But there is one clear answer. Saul was the Lord's anointed. 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 21. Previously, David would not stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed. 1 Samuel chapter 24 verse 6 verse 10 and chapter 26 verses 9 and 11. He just executed the man who claimed to have killed the Lord's anointed. So it is no surprise that David would mourn so deeply 
at the death of the Lord's anointed. David had great regard for the Lord's anointed. The man God chose to be king of Israel was to be greatly respected. Furthermore, David was a man after God's own heart. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14, Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Our Lord told us that we are to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, do good to those who hate us, and pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us. By so doing, we prove that we are children of God, who gives sun and rain to the evil and the good, and to the just and the unjust. Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. David was a man who reacted to Saul's death as God did. It sorrowed God that he had made Saul king and had to bring Saul to such a pitiful end. Can you describe a time when you mourn the death of a friend? How about the death of an enemy? Number three, the end of Saul's reign. First Chronicles 10 verses 13 and 14. So Saul died for his transgressions which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him, and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. The Bible is clear. Saul died because he disobeyed God, and because he sought advice from a woman with a familiar spirit instead of God. But we might remember that Saul did inquire of the Lord, but the Lord would not answer him. 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verse 6. Is there a contradiction here? Not at all. Looking deeply into 1 Samuel 28, 6 and 1 Chronicles 10, 14, we find that the Hebrew words translated inquired are different. The one in 1 Samuel is used generally of asking or making a request. The one of 1 Chronicles means to seek with urgent care and even has a sense of worship. It is not that Saul did not inquire of the Lord at all. It is that he did not inquire of the Lord with the right heart. Saul's only motivation for seeking the Lord was that he feared the Philistines. He cared little about the Lord's direction for his life. Saul's life was a tragedy. God gave him so much privilege and opportunity, and he could have been so much more for the Lord. We look back to 1 Samuel 11 when Saul was first anointed king and remember how he fought valiantly and defeated the Ammonites. We read in 1 Samuel 14 verses 47 and 48 how Saul fought against Israel's enemies and won. Oh, what could have been. But Saul disobeyed the Lord and lost the kingdom. He became a man set on keeping his rulership at all cost, even the cost of his relationship with the Lord. I do think that Saul was a safe man and in heaven today. 1 Samuel chapter 28 verse 19, 2 Samuel chapter 1 verse 23. But Saul had a poor relationship with the Lord. He wasted the opportunity to serve the Lord faithfully and received great reward in heaven. How many of God's children have done the same? Do you know people who have wasted their opportunity to faithfully serve the Lord? Setting the application. To be a mighty warrior 
or authoritative king pales in comparison to being a faithful servant of the Lord. To be a goat, greatest of all times, in your given sport or the President of the United States is not comparable to being a humble servant of the Lord. Greatest in the world does not come close to measuring up to being greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said being the greatest in this kingdom is about being humble and being a servant. Matthew chapter 18 verse 4, 23 and 11. But how many of us really believe that and live that way? Saul wanted to be great not in serving the Lord but in ruling the people. He became jealous of his rival David, who was really not his rival. David was chosen by God to replace Saul as king. Yet Saul would not submit to the Lord's will and serve him. Instead, he served himself, did everything that he could to hang on to his rulership, and took his life in the process. When we are not interested in serving the Lord, but only in seeking our own greatness, it is a plan for failure. Even if we succeed by worldly standards, we are failures in God's eyes. Someone wisely said, any equation without God always equals zero. Who are you interested in serving, the Lord or yourself? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogart Press through the Bible Don't Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue recognizing God's sovereignty at work in the scriptures. Bogart Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resource they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday school, children's chapel, Bible training course, Bible challenge, and vacation Bible school. Please visit our website to find all the ministry resources you will need at bogartpress.org. That's bogartpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotion at bogartpress.org.